This is your first time on the show, uh-huh. and I don't think I've met you before, have I? Um, possibly. Uh, you've ever come to, like, Nonsense Night at the Tangent? Maybe. Um, what was the thing we went to in Detroit? Uh, that was the Tangent. It might have been a Nonsense Night. I don't know. <laughs> it felt like there was some nonsense. I don't know if That's it was possible. officially nonsense. So, okay. Welcome to Reads and Weeds. We smoke weed and read books and talk about them. Ravon's here for the first time. Hey, how's Hi. it going? Hi. He's Ravon. doing the uh, the audio in a pinch. I have uh, finger puppets on the table and shark and and shark. Uh, show them show them the this one the unicorn. That way, if you need to talk in a voice, you know, to describe a character, then you have a way to differentiate between the characters. Okay. I feel like that's pretty important. Which is hard to right? do. Yeah. 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 I met Josh Valdez, I was telling some friends of mine yesterday, <laughs> at a, a friend of mine's like, hey, let's, there's this, you know, party up north, we're going to go. And uh, when I show up, I didn't realize it was like a Burning Man camp, like retreat. I didn't know any of these people. They were all friends already, pretty much. And I was kind of new. So my first impression of Josh was he was just naked except for a thin shiny bathrobe (laughs) super friendly blanket no i feel like it was a bathrobe sounds like a very comfortable situation it was it was a very comfortable situation and then i was staying in this room with all these people that had a bathtub in it we know he's a lover of bathtubs and in the middle of the night he was like i found a bathtub and he filled it all the way up Forgot about it for hours. It was cold. Came back in, got super sad that it was cold, drained it, filled it all the way back up, and got in it, and then invited everybody like, ah, and I kept waking up during this process throughout the night. But that was my first impression of the author. So um, this book, Earth Life Big Brain Project, I want one of you to try to describe the seed of the beginning of this book. Um, Where did okay. it start? I, should I start? Yes. Okay. We have the so, author here. Folks. The very seed of it, uh, in my mind, is as a biology student, mm-hmm. I just like was thinking about you know genetic engineering and just how exciting it was and scary and you know all these things going on and I was like imagining you know the future of it because it was this like new very new field still is but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and so a lot of it was driven by just like having like more tech and science ideas that I knew what to do with. And so I was just like, I got to make it into a story or something. Otherwise all this learning is like useless, it seems. Right. And so uh, I started coming up with some ideas like for the, the, the sort of like mitochondrial introduction of genes and, you know, cells and how like that sort of development might change us in the future was like really compelling. So I was trying to imagine sort of, 
where that was going, you know, part of it was for excitement just to learn. And part of it was like, whoa, this is really transformative. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so it, you know, as we're playing with all these ideas, you know, studying science and the recession hit and I left college, you know, it, you know, I didn't have much to do, couldn't find a job and everything was like really stressful and crazy. And much like today, mm -hmm. it kind of felt like the world was falling apart and institutions were breaking down. And so it was sort of like a creative, just like bringing a bunch of ideas together, imagining the future, running scenarios that definitely aren't going to actually happen, but like can be informative. And uh, really, I just at some point. I was like, I have enough ideas for a book, and I just started writing. Mm -hmm. And it just came out all at once over like yeah, the course of Yeah, that's what I was months. wondering. Okay, six months. Okay. Yeah. And, and from when to when? Like 2009 to 2011, something like that? Were you writing? Uh, I, I think so. There was an intense period of just basically writing every day, most of the day when I could, that uh, I think it was 2000, end of 2009. Maybe 2010. You know, uh, I'm not sure on the particular timeline, <laughs> not sure. but I waited a little Much bit. Much like now. I had some editors and uh, eventually published it. Yeah. Self-published. Yeah. So how did you, there, what was the Burning Man talking audio clips thing? What, what happened with that? How do you that's, know about this? That's Tom. I know about the book just because I know Valdez. Um, as soon as I found out that he wrote a book. I immediately went and bought it and read it. It was very enjoyable. I like a lot of the ideas he had. So mm -hmm. he asked me to come out and talk about it. So I figured I could contribute. Cool. Tom has the, I believe, the audio clips. Uh, oh, right on. part of that project at all. Right on. Is he coming in? He'll call in. We'll hear him when he calls in. We'll hear him when he calls in. So I have to say, I started rereading it again yesterday. Uh -huh. Because the first time I was like, Oh my God, the part of the movie, you know how in a movie, oh, here he is. Yeah. <laughs> the part of the movie where Tom calls in. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Tom. Hey. hey, Tom. We're talking about you. How are you? Where are you? In Traverse City? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, I'm Shelly. I'm the host of Reeds and Weeds. What's your last name? Yeah. Mansell. Tom Mansell. We're we're just jumping in here. We just got going. We're on Facebook Live. Ashley's here. We're drinking a little bit. We have snacks and we're very happy that you're here. So I want to kind of introduce since we've talked about the book a little bit, and I'm gonna to try to give a very skeletal version, which you guys can all correct, because I think if you like sci-fi at all, if you like like, I love movies where at some point there's so much kind of, like, artificial intelligence and science and everything crammed in. You're, it, I feel like you're following someone who's running around talking. You know how in a movie you're following someone who's talking really fast and you're trying to figure out what's happening and everything's happening really fast? That's how I felt. And if it was made into a movie, that's what I'd want it to be like, where there's just a narrator talking really fast and you're seeing everything pop up and... And then I had to reread it to be like, okay, who is talking right now? Where are we? What, what is the big leap that just happened? So can you give me like anyone, anyone who thinks they can, give me like a skeletal breakdown of like beginning, middle, and end of the story? Because I wouldn't say it's a totally linear story. It's pretty linear. It's not 
it wasn't intended to be linear right. also. Yeah. But then there but there is like a timeline, like thirty six yeah. days before this is happening, what now we're here, this is happening. So give me as best you can, like plot summary. Okay, uh, should I? I sure. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, basically, the, the, it's focused on a, a single year, two thousand thirty-three, and there's a bunch of things happening. Right? There's these technologies coming out, and these disruptive technologies that are being developed that are going to change the way things work. Right? And so, uh, there, you see these things just like developing from you know these different companies, different angles, different people. And they're kind of coming together and they're starting to realize that, like, we're talking about genetically engineering humans here and giving them the ability to load, you know, DNA apps like you would on a phone. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. very disruptive. And so like, they're realizing that, you know, if we do release this, it's going to get totally screwed up by, like, you know, the sort of institutions and order that already exists. And so uh, there's these other companies also that are somewhat disruptive too and you know dealing with finance and whatever else and so they kind of get together and realize that there's gonna have to be a sort of wholesale like authority shift of some kind you know for it to like go smoothly and just not to get totally bungled by like old models and things right yeah yeah and so it's like this is all very like transformative you know, they're, none of them are that great of ideas. All of them are very early and kind of undeveloped, but it's like that, them coming together and transforming. And then it goes badly. A bunch of cities get nuked, you know, like, the, the, like I'm not trying to advocate <laughs> for the ideas here. It's more of like a, like, like ideate, like you can change anything sort of just go, you know, think through it. Like nothing is like off limits in, in that. Yeah. You know, for as, as quote unquote badly as it went, you know, you for a total world revolution, it went fairly well. Sure. And your story mainly focuses just on the characters developing. You don't really see too much of the adversaries until very, very late in the game when all of a sudden it's like, okay, you have no power to do anything. So now we're going to introduce you to this scenario that you're going to acquiesce to us. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I want to introduce um, Ashley, who I'm meeting for the first time, because I checked out, um, if you want to check out, is it Reflected Fire? Reflected Fire, correct. So t- talk about what Reflected Fire is. Uh, reflected Fire is just my attempt to collect pictures of my art. I'm really bad at marketing myself. Um, I make all kinds of things, and then they are, they appear, and they are destroyed, and they disappear, and I sometimes often won't even take pictures of them. But so, they're big metal flaming structures. Uh, some is that them, right? Uh, I make flame effects. Some of them are large. Some of them are small. Okay. Um, the one I'm specifically known for that a lot of people see around is uh, my friend Sheriff Phoenix has a trumpet um, that used to just be on fire. And I engineered it so it now shoots fire. Uh, he can get about a 15-foot uh, fire burst out of the end of it that he uses during all his performances. How big is the trumpet? Uh, trumpet's still normal size. It's just really? got a little bit of additional piping, and he's got some, like, belt-mounted uh, tanks and valves. And oh. Surprisingly I simple, actually. I want to see it. <laughs> did you bring it? <laughs> uh, no, I did not bring it today. Okay. Um, it's, it's in possession of Sheriff Phoenix, and we... Uh, we're revamping it uh, pretty soon. Again, some electronic controls. Yeah. So. I love it. Okay. And then, Tom, introduce yourself and how you're into this. All right. Hi, Tom Mansell here. Hi, Tom. Um, I am here as a result of meeting Valdez, the author, uh, in 2009. 
And uh, that was by way of an Ann Arbor, Michigan makerspace that was um, in its embryonic stages. And uh, the group of people that were participating in that had a uh, kind of a subset who discovered that they had uh, uh, an un, un a, um, what do you call it, uh, unrealized dream of checking out Burning Man one day. That was me and Valdez and some others. And so we all talked each other into committing to that, re making that reality. It happened uh, the following year in 2010. And um, out of that, a theme camp came into being that exists to this day. A Is that pretty fun Sin Burning Sin Man story Sin there. And Sin it was the second year that we went to Burning Man where uh, Valdez had uh, written and um, published this book. So I remember he brought copies. And um, my project, uh, my personal project for Burning Man that year was to bring a uh, uh, a little mobile sound recorder and I was just collecting bits and pieces, you know, the sonic tapestry of Burning Man. And so while we were um, lounging around in, in one of our little shade structures, I remember we uh, just had the idea to pass time by uh, reading Valdez's book and recording some of it, like sort of a chaotic do-it-yourself audiobook. Yes. And I would love a full audiobook. If you're up for it, I, I would have... also am looking into doing that now okay. for sure. Yeah, because I hardly read uh, books anymore. If not an audiobook either. <laughs> it's a lot easier to quote unquote read a book when you can listen to it. And do not for else. me. I have to be focused in. No? If I have an audiobook, I'm suddenly five chapters behind, just forgetting that it's even there. But I think this would be fun <laughs> to. Okay, so let me explain a couple things about the book because I want everybody to get the book. Okay, because of all these unique things about it. And I was showing it to my friends. So this book is called, I mean, this show is called Reads and Weeds. So I will explain that I've been a cannabis advocate. I work on a cannabis farm. I'm currently in a trim crew. I used to be the membership director for the Michigan Cannabis <laughs> Industry Association. So I'm into it. Um, and I think... If you're listening and you would you would love this and and there's all these interesting weird things about this book um the names the names of people are not like chad and Lori and kevin and things like that the names are like as far as i can tell the names are almost like hash they're like at their handles almost like daydreamer chill man evening disruptive daydreamer yeah. right those are the names of the characters yeah and that's just yes. borrowed uh, straight from well so part of it is explained in the book it's sort of a movement of people who are you know actually trying to change the world right yes, yes. and so their names are sort of like part of like what their world changing function is or yes. like how they see themselves there fucking love that and so the names are sort of like a camel case which is used in like programming for variables a lot of the time like uh, you know you'll have like lowercase word and then like instead of having spaces or something to describe a variable you'll have like you know this variable is like uh, clock time or something like that and then you know it's clock capital T and then time to differentiate the words from each other but it's like one word 
Yes, yes. And so it was borrowed from that. One of the things I liked about the alternate naming scheme, um, especially more around the things based in the real world, like NYC, where it was S-E-E, America Offline, or beer, weed, and coffee, all with threes. Um, Those, you know, it was was like mainly to get around your copyright filter or whatnot, but it, it added like a, this is just an alternate reality documentary book of, you know, just slightly different people, slightly different things. And this is what they're going through right now. You know. Oh yeah. And it's so, so to paint a picture, I, I picture like, so if, 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 if you're connected and some of you are like, Oh yeah, this is my life. You know, I was kind of like, okay, this is like, kind of like my life where there's, you're connected to a bunch of people with either an extreme intelligence or an extreme availability for risk and extreme opportunity for creativity in their brain and they're ready to work together they're ready to believe whatever and you meet these people in 2033 and there's and 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 you're realizing that one of them has a i guess a a new system cell os Right, mm-hmm. cell OS, cell operating system. Yeah, that they can inject. They start with injecting like peaches into maple trees, right? Uh-huh. But then uh, they start. That's disruptive daydreamer, right? That's the guy that has the thing that it gets the narrator to come to New York City to try. Who's the guy that developed it? That's excited about it in the initial. New ways. That's new ways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And. He tries it on himself, and he has a, a, a kill switch injector and an update injector and all these things, and everybody's just like, sure, yeah, let's try it. Just so he can develop four cups of caffeine in his coffee based on his gut bacteria, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating, right? And it's, it's, it's fascinating. But also, these are, I, I would say, young tech partiers who um, who want to oh my god I think my computer just died Sleep oh I'm gonna wow, that's ironic. I know it's I know it's funny so keep going because the show's still going I just okay. got to reset up Facebook live so Tom can you talk about the audio and maybe we can play the audio clips and I'll get it back up okay um, just to um give a uh, you know a bit of perspective a framework for the audio recordings um it's been years since i listened to them you know so having this removed perspective right away it made me laugh that we seemed totally oblivious to the fact that we were in the middle of dozens of fellow burners just like talking and carrying on and it seems that there was probably 10 separate conversations going on around us and yet in the midst of this a little louder than the rest is this uh, outpouring of uh, Valdez's prose. (laughs) And if you choose to, you can make your brain filter into focusing on this conversation or that conversation. And like you might hear somebody talking about how they're thinking of moving out west to start working on a cannabis farm or something like that. Or if you focus this way, you hear about these individuals in 2033 
who are doing interesting things with genetics. <laughs> so uh, I think that was actually kind of an appropriate, if unintentional, way to um, perform, if you will, uh, a reading of uh, Valdez's book. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's, a lot, uh, there's a lot of and, and there are three different readers: me, him, and uh, our friend Amanda. And, and go ahead, Valdez. That's all I had to say. Oh yeah, so uh, so there's a lot of uh, you really captured the biomimicry sort of vibe that I was going for, and you see that in reading the book as the characters as they start becoming genetically engineered. You see the characters start getting different, like things get spelled with like letters replacing numbers and like there's strange, you know, capitalization and interference coming in. And it is that sort of like biological noisy sort of system, you know, like where there's like a little bit of signal with like all kinds of other stuff going on. I like, I like that you said that because one of the notes I made was that it almost seemed as if this was like something that got leaked or was deleted and recovered and yeah, yeah. A, a lot of the things that were replaced was like, again, back to this like true secret story that's happened in the background that we're all just not aware of. And Valdez has recovered this and, you know, brought it to the world or whatever through his imagination and glory. <laughs> <laughs> through imagination and glory. So, yeah, it feels like something that so and there's a sense of it. There's a sense of it of it being. Covert, because I, okay, I got to tell you, Tom. I was trying to fix the technical difficulties there for a second. So, if you just yeah. said this, I apologize. Um, yeah. The the um, sense of we have to protect, like basically, there is a sense of like everybody at this point knows that we can't trust the government, and we have to like. There's this whole thing about we got to get a senator. Um, Evening works for. America Offline, which is a company that protects the sort of protects your privacy, right? It eliminates all your data as you're going along. Correct? I like to think they probably cut off our Facebook. They live did. Right now. That's, that's I have it. So I have it. And they're like Shelly, too many people. You're over here talking about all the ways you work in weed, and we just had to shut it down. <laughs> they're just like you talk too much. Um, so that sense of like open, completely open, like we're going to have a big party, we're going to try to release this, we're going to do all these things, but it's, but nobody really knows what we're doing. And the organization of Smokescreen, which is like, the organization of Smokescreen, right, is like people that graduated from, fra didn't graduate, but left Fractal University, and they're part of Cell OS, right? But they're sort of so. Smokescreen is like. Tell me about Smokescreen. So, <laughs> what uh, you explain? What does somebody explain? Is, smokescreen. Uh, it's sort of like an organization. It's loosely uh, oriented around you know weed dealers in college, which was illegal at that time, and you know, uh, <laughs> and it's sort of a way to have this like innocent, sort of not threatening seeming group of like quasi radicals sort of making the smoke screen around like like real shit like the whole like staying off of the radar with the with the America offline sort of trying to overthrow the governments of earth release weird genetic stuff new technologies and things like shit like to sort of hide that you know under a cloud of who knows what's going on here and so they were having these you know, people like form these groups to sort of be a, a fog and a, a friction to like people who would maybe 
be concerned with their like revolutionary things they're doing. That's one of the things I liked about Smokescreen. It's the idea that some people are so revolutionary that the system just immediately crushes them before they can ever rise to the level that their contribution would, would make a difference. And Smokescreen is, lets those people you know, create those contributions and get them out uh, and sell OS. Sell OS is one of those things. Yeah, to have the space to experiment without like authority being instantly like, oh, you, you know, because in the United States, we're used to people protesting, but there are a lot of, you know, places and times where you can't even do that, you know, and this actually this this whole thing is in part a reaction to I have an ancestor who was an author uh, in Spain. He was part of the Spanish realist movement. And uh, basically, there was a dictator at the time, a terrible dictator, Francisco Franco, who would bring people to death camps. They didn't care who you were. You were not with, like, you know, what they thought should be happening. You know, you think differently. People weren't allowed to think under this dictator, you know? Like, you would get sent to the death camps. And so, you know, my, an- my Spanish ancestors escaped. Once one of them was stayed around and uh, wrote a ton of books. Some of them are in English, uh, French. His name is uh, Armando Palacio Valdez. And so I wanted to write something that, like, you wouldn't have been allowed to write in that sort of environment. So that's a lot of the, like, also the churn of ideas. And, you know, I don't know, let's talk about overthrowing the government or whatever. Like, very casually, you know, like very provocative ideas, like, that you literally would get sent to the death camps for. And I wanted to do that to be like, we we can talk about things. And that's an important part of, like, making things better, you know, in the world. And so it's partially like a literary response to that. Did you get choked up? Can you play any of these clips? Talk to, tell Tom to talk about the clips. I'm hey, sure. Tom, can you play one of your clips? Can oh, can I play it? Um, oh, my mistake. Do, I have them uh, handy. But so would that just be putting my phone I, up I to think I might speaker? be mistaken. Did you already give them the clips? Because yeah. I did okay. email them to okay. Shelly. Never mind. Ignore my direction. <laughs> All right. She's Fair just enough. not on mic, and I, I thought she was talking to you. Sure. <laughs> Burning Man 2011 edition. Audio We are the Earth Life Big Brain Project. Commissioned by Mother Nature herself to roll out the biggest upgrade since the eukaryotic jump to multicellular integration. We are not alien to Earth. We are not human. We are not a threat. We cannot be stopped. We made the human brain specifically for this purpose. Your struggle over the past... Dude, check it out, says my good buddy, disruptive daydreamer, pointing to his sunscreen leg. This bug is camouflaged as a cottonwood seed. See that? Blue bug with fine white fuzzies sprouting from its dainty backside in a loose tangle. Ha! It's stuck in your leg hair. I bet you didn't anticipate that trade-off for obscurity, we insect. I retrospect to it. As if it be an entire society before DD blows the burdened bugger off in a sharp burst. Awesome in suits and mirror shades, packing heat. Disruptive daydreamer takes me on a walk in the park. We slide just off the trail into some trees. 
He points up at a maple to say that oh, is a big deal. You. Climb up that daddy and snap that thing off that branch, boy. In disbelief into the peril of a slick suit, I climb up two branches of a mature maple tree. The helicopter seed kind. Ten feet up this tree, ripe on the branch, is a Granny Smith motherfucking apple on a motherfucking maple tree. I rush out of the tree, Granny Smith in my jaws, and can be nothing but a smile. Nice. I haven't heard Amanda's voice in a while. Somebody in the background sounded like me. That was weird. <laughs> Somebody was going, oh, my God, I love that. I love that. I'm like, oh, is that me? Was I there? I don't think I was there. Okay, I'm sorry to say we're having to say fuck it to Facebook Live because <laughs> I can't get that to stay plugged in there. I can't get it to be up. So it was a new thing. We've only done it a few times. It's an extra thing to set up, so I'm not. You know, heartbroken about it. But your tablet right on the side here. I know. Well, the thing is, is it's it's it was a new thing. Do you know what I mean? We've done four or five like that. The rest of them have been all audio, and for somebody like me, that's just fine. It's like one less element to worry about. It gave me the drive to shave this morning, so I appreciate that. Yes. Um, So one of the things I loved about this book was there was so many big ideas. On every page. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where I'd be like, okay, I need to finish reading the book. But at some point, I just need to go back and think about that one thing for a while. So I would say there's a lot of like scientific theory crammed in there. There's a lot of um, sort of government revolutionary ideas in there there's you you basically eliminate race and then don't even really address it like they just all of a sudden can change the color of their skin to like whatever color they want patterns and shapes you know they use it for fun and just you know you broke down race yeah yeah and and so there's like a lot of like things are really changing. You know, it's not like an incremental sort of thing. It's like suddenly an Earth's atmosphere was full of oxygen. Like, deal with it sort of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Like, it's that mm -hmm. big sort of like ecological change that you know happens. People are terrified of global warming and things like that. But like, uh, you know, multi, it makes references like multicellular life and that being a huge deal that really transformed the world, you know, and a lot of people I think are maybe afraid of like, I don't know, killer robots or something taking over. I'm not too worried about it, but I do think that we are going to see some real serious, like being able to affect your DNA. Like, yeah, real, I'm still 10 years later, I'm still holding to the time frame. 2033, probably not for such an extreme sort of thing like that, but I think you're going to be able to be loading DNA on your body, like, by then. Like. Well, I'm I'm concerned of, like, you know, your book seems to, they recognize that, hey, there's, we got one chance to do this, and if we don't do this right, things are going to go really, really bad. We live in a reality where that's probably not going to happen, and I'm genuinely concerned of, like, you said the failure, like, all of a sudden there's a class that just... Uh, we, we harvest their tears for water and we feed them corn syrup and they just run in cages all day. And that's just their genetics. They, you know, it's like cows that we eat. You know, it's just a horrible, horrible thought of existing. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, I did want to mention, I was really hoping during this um, episode, Valdez would commit to a year 2033 special edition re-release, maybe with a new <laughs> foreword to the book he would write. And then all of us could commit to 
meeting again for a new episode to talk about it. Done. Yeah, All right, that sounds good. <laughs> put it in my planner. Okay, put it in. Put it in the planner. Can you text me a reminder yeah. on that day in case I lose track of things? Yeah, nobody's really asked me before, and you know there is the sort of sense of like nobody's really going to care about your like literary work until after you're dead anyway. So I, I I wanted to give myself enough time. This again, this was like a recessionary piece. It was like came out of this like recessionary destruction mm-hmm. that was happening during you know the lat during the Great Recession, and so I I knew that I had to at least wait to the next recession for it to be relevant. And then uh, I want it to be after that to give me more like wiggle room on all the ideas and, you know, craziness that's not actually that like accurate to what's going to happen. But I really wanted to time it for sort of like now, like the next time this sort of crisis, recession level crisis happens. Yeah. Because it's that vibe. I think it's a right now sci-fi screenplay because... What is fun about it is there's enough, like, I think it's the narrator. There's lots of narrators, right? When you switch, like, meanwhile, in Santa Fe or meanwhile, in Antarctica, like, you're switching the voice, correct? Mm -hmm. Is that right? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Yeah, it it is. And I know that you're, like, you're not the first person to pick up on that, Okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. And I was... Inspired a lot by a sort of like Kurt Vonnegut, like outside kind of telling of events. Yes. I feel like maybe a little bit and that sort of vibe. And it was really, you know, I don't read a lot of fiction. I read a lot of like nonfiction. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of like my imagination, like spinning together all this nonfiction. And, you know, there aren't the normal, there aren't all the normal things. Maybe you're used to like in a, you know, a, like a fictional story. It's a very like harder sci-fi, like Look at all these concepts. The concepts per page ratio that you mentioned was like something I was going for, you know, because yeah. I don't get that into fiction most of the time, you know. Well, it, what, what's fun about it is your um, Let's Fly to New York, or, and that happens in a minute, yeah. right? Like we get, you know, because planes are different in 2033. People take a plane like a bus. Like you go get in it, fuck it, you go to NYC or you bring people back or Self-driving whatever. Self-driving car. Self-driving cars. Yeah. And you build self-driving cars, right? Or you design self-driving cars? Yeah. And so actually uh, I designed electronics and mechanical uh, for self-driving cars. And and uh, so really, I mean, and I didn't go to school for those things. I taught myself to do it. And it was like, I wrote a sci-fi book and then I realized, you know what? I want to actually make sci-fi. And yeah. so I just started, you know, like I wanted to actually make this stuff, not just write about it and think about it, though I can't, you know, wait to write another book someday because picked up a lot of different ideas from what's in here, yeah. you know, over the past 10 years through going from less of a biology and more of an engineering perspective. To me, it seems like there's, you know, a lot just even in this book that's untouched upon that, you know, if you've got ideas for other books, this one still has more in it. You know, you could expand on the relationship between Dolphin and Gracie or even just like a whole series or a whole book about the people on the other end. Like there's a hot moment where you were focused on. It's a series. Juicy eyes. It's a series. I want to know who's coming. I know it's a series and it's in my mind, the series is like, because you want all these characters to develop, like where did they come from? Why do they care about each other? And then they have 
big epic parties and that the whole idea develops really quickly of like this thing could make a lot of money, but our goal is for this not to make us any money, right? We have this revolutionary thing that could sort of wake people up and give them whatever kind of thoughts and biology and chemistry they would want or, you know, but we don't want anyone who would want the power to have it except for the people themselves. And we can make money in other ways because in this book, it kind of seems like, well, the senators and the pharmacy, that that's just like easy to manipulate. We'll just buy a building and put a pharma company on this one and we'll hire this kind of person. And that, that's all easy to manipulate because all those people are used to the old ways and used to the old ways of money. You know, that blew my mind. Like I was like, oh, that's something I got to think about for a while. That like if you had enough power to do something scientific that would internally change an entire population – and you didn't want to make money off of it, right? Then the way to make money, I think, was disrupting the markets that that change was going to affect, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, I mean, there are a lot of, like, actual, like, real world, like, transform the world sort of concepts that are all, like, really woven into here. But in, like, ways like that, you know, uh, the idea that, for instance, if you create something that's better, release it on the market, like, for instance, sell OS – they're looking at what, you know, if for what markets that, that could disrupt and they're like doing short sales and stuff like they're, they're doing like, uh, you know, like we know what effect we have some idea of what effect this is going to have. Right. Like, for instance, if you don't need uh, to buy Claritin anymore because you can affect your, uh, you know, like your reaction to like allergens, like naturally you're with your own body through like some, you know, genetic program, then you, before you release that, you know, it's going to hurt the Claritin stock, you know, it's, you know what I mean? And so you can see the changes before they're coming and then like capitalize on that information advantage. Like when they buy automation and then lay off basically the entire working class by making them just like everyone's freaking out. They feel too good and they're going to the hospital. So no one's working. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? You've genetically engineered yourself to the point where, hey, maybe you can, like, not be, for instance, so desperate. And so, you know, <laughs> what does that do to jobs that are, that suck and don't pay good? Like, no suddenly, yeah. No one's yeah, them, okay, yeah. so remind me, this is like, because I'm reading it, I'm rereading it. And th- so this is like, the phase you guys are talking about is post-release. Post-release, so remind me how the release happens widespread and what the immediate aftermath is, because that all happens very fast. <laughs> it's like four pages. It's like a release happens. All these things change in the world. Nuclear war. Like, I felt like that was like a five page mm-hmm. stretch where I was like, oh, shit. What is going on? Is like taking over like all of the third world before really the first world can even react. So you just like suddenly Africa is suddenly Africa is cured and and South America is cured and all these other countries that just don't really mean anything to certain world powers now are unified with you and the world powers are few and far between. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, you're hitting a point where, for instance, you're trying to, you know, develop your ability to overthrow or like, you know, make this change to governments uh, and testing it 
on governments that are already widely known to be really just terrible and weren't not working very well, you know, uh, as a, hey, everybody can get down with that. But then when you go, oh, wait, we want to apply this to the United States, you know, it, it's a we, little different. Well, you created like the Celos somehow was also a world government. So you could pay your taxes through your genes. So that was another company. Uh, that was a project that Chillman was working on. And so you could, uh, it was a layer between the taxpayers and their governments. And when we're talking about overthrowing the governments, it's not necessarily like a wholesale, like change of, you know, everything, you know, what, what it was, it was like putting a layer between the governments and the citizens so that you could appropriate where your taxes actually go to, you know, and like the story of the government actually gets to ask for the amount of tax money that they want, but the taxpayers have a say in, you know, where that money actually goes to. And instead of like, you know, trying to elect people that we all are seeing uh, a lot of difficulty with right now, you can maybe uh, get like a more like, this is how I want things to be sort of interface. And it's focused more on, you know, people's needs and, one of the things that you introduced was the open cash app. And when I read the book the first time, you know, this was an interesting concept, but rereading it recently, this clicked in my mind that you did a very similar real world experiment um, where we were at a festival. It was a burn and the effigy, you created an ATM that people had random chance to do various things. And at an event where the whole point is no money, Valdez created a currency that very quickly had real value. People were swindling each other out of the money. You could use really? it to like get piggyback rides. You know, like you, it, it was just an interesting, interesting experiment. Did you build like an ATM at Burning Man? Uh, I, this was at a regional burn uh, mosaic. Mosaic, and okay. I helped with this project. I definitely spent the entire uh, experience, like the whole time we were there, engaging people with it. And yeah, uh, we had these actual like ATMs, and everybody who went to the event got like a mag stripe card. And I still mind you, it's a very anti-money sort of event, right? But I kept engaging people with it, like trying to like give value to these numbers. And and yeah. so like, and it was working, it was working over the time. And, you know, it got to, people would bring me drinks. Like I became like a trillionaire. <laughs> I was like, I started, I started out swindling people out of their money yeah, and it got to one. be where I was like <laughs> making people rich by the end. And like people would, somebody carried me from the outhouse to the ATMs so to pay them this <laughs> fake money. Oh, wow. And then you had this card that you could use somewhere at and the you festival? It just at the ATM. Oh, my God. You could exchange money, you know, and, but it, it's, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's a reminder, which I've got friends <clears throat> in the cannabis industry, and we talk about it all the time. It's like, it's fake, it's arbitrary. It's like, it's arbitrary. This I mean, pair of pants is $360. This pair of pants is 47 cents. Yeah. Both pants. Right? Yeah, both <laughs> like, came from the same manufacturer. This, this pair of pants was $310. A lady wore them once, died, took them to a thrift store. Now they're $3. Like, and, yeah, how much is cannabis? Well, it's either I picked it and I'm smoking it or it's $4,500 a pound because the laws are all crazy or it's yeah. $2,000 a pound. Like it's, it's arbitrary. And so I'm open to financial theory being upended. Like I'm open to it. It doesn't scare me that much. Cause once I have what I need, I'm like, all right, I'm fine. I'm like, uh, well, you know. yeah. And I mean, I think that like, for instance, the ATM at like on a fun event, 
sort of illustrates to some degree that like the dynamics work and you can do things with it, but you know, people can get really stuck on what is money as we know it. Like, yeah. And oh, so yeah, for sure. As I was writing this, I, Bitcoin had not come out yet. It wasn't a thing as I was writing it, but it was like, in the sort of collective mind of this enormous financial crisis, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. from it's been on a while, you just weren't aware of it. And all these games and stuff, like that. Ashley started it. <laughs> but so, <laughs> like, but it was like some. Congratulations. And, and so, I mean, that's part of like how this like prediction and sci fi works. Like, you feel like these problems in the world, and you go, I'm like, hey, maybe we should make this open cash system. And then you see, like, oh, hey, there's like this Bitcoin thing coming out. And it's like, there's a whole, there's like, you know, there's things that make sense at like particular times and like these waves of sort of advancement that happen, it, you know, and like I was just musing on the problems, but it turned out to be stuff that a bunch of other people who were working on technical stuff were also working on some things like Bitcoin that we saw was that kind of a big deal. Yeah. Decentralized money in a lot of ways. And now like you can actually exchange it and for currency I and mean, it's become a real world value. Yeah. People spend time doing nothing but mining it. That's so weird. Yeah, and it's hopeful. It's like a no world. We can build, like, you know, we look at what's wrong. Maybe we can build things. We can mm-hmm. try things. Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff in here, too. So I want to talk about fun stuff. I want to talk about, like, the snow globe room. It's somebody's room, and it's all made of pixelated... Describe the snow globe room. Whose house is that in? So, is that in Newway's uh, house? Chillman, uh, Chill the guy who was working on a, a government alternative, you know, mm-hmm. in the developing world that eventually was bringing it everywhere. Um, in his apartment, he had this dome that you would sit under, like a living room size, like dome, and there was a fireplace in it that, in a you know, a hood to suck the smoke out, whatever. But the idea was it was projection on this dome and the projection was the view from a snow globe so he had all these snow globes with cameras in them that he would like give out to people like all over the world and his like travels on like you know overthrowing governments and stuff and so like there's just they're placed like all over and in his living room you can flip to the different ones you know like one's in a closet one's in a bookstore whatever they're I all love over that the idea place. so much they're, they're all over the place and so like and then you see that and you see that dome view um, and we, at some point, we actually tried to make a dome for make it into an art project, but uh, apparently, paper macheing a, a uh, weather balloon is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, I can't believe this dome doesn't exist at Burning Man. You know what I mean? Where everybody gets a dome to carry around a snow globe with a tiny camera in it, and then the receiver is just one panel of the globe. That is somehow weatherproof, windproof, wireless. I don't know how it would work, but so I feel like there's a local mesh network there. We'd have to get involved with the people that set that up, right? And, you know, we could probably, honestly, you know, I feel like it, I feel like it's this? worth you your time. Yeah, I feel like cool. it's worth your brain energy because I would visit. Yeah, <laughs> legitimately, got some logistics to work out, but like I could there's see there's a couple of this. problems to solve, right? Yeah. And then the other one is the narrator is so the I would feel like the main narrator is the main narrator New Way or. I mean, realistically, I... Who do you think? Or uh, am I getting... Or am I making that too important? Yeah, you know, I didn't really think a lot about who the narrator was. I just kind of, like, advanced the story through whatever, you know? And and if you pick that up, like, again, it's like, I was more writing... It was more on, like, conceptual end. So, like, we'll just go, what's next? What's next? And not worry too much about, you know, 
really, I didn't work, didn't do a lot of character development. I didn't do a lot of like any of that stuff that you're used to. I right. just kind of like, just go. Yeah. For yeah. me, the narrator is like kind of the omniscient person that reads the preface to you. The one that's like basically, hey, all of Earth is part of this project I created. And here's yes. the story of how you guys are not going to mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing is a sort of emerging coming together of things, too. So, like, you can know where it comes from. But, I mean, really, it, it's all coming together. Yeah. It's uh, okay. So. I want to take a break, play a couple songs, smoke some weed, and talk about the next two or three things we're going to talk about. How does that sound? And I'm not going to fuck with the technology at all because it's getting on my nerves. Mm -hmm. How about that? Okay. All right. (laughs) Great. So play. What do you? What do you? He has the music pulled up there. What do you guys want the next two things to be? Killing in the name of. Killing in the name of, and what else is there? We got freedom of choice. Freedom of choice. Yeah, play those two back to back, and we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. All right, great.
talking about the fact that there's so many ideas in this book that could be I think I think it's a sci-fi series right Ashley I feel like it's a sci-fi series like because I've watched I've watched Battlestar Galactica for example like at least four times all the way through and it's because that you can take one concept and just dive into it right like you can just take so some of the concepts that we wanted to talk about was like one was um, so so what this the, the way this, the way you're kind of going as you're reading this book by the way there's no page numbers because I was going to write <laughs> uh, on this yeah page my number. editors missed that and oh, uh, but there's 156 pages there's 156 pages just use a bookmark. <laughs> use a bookmark no it's more it's more I was like when I was making my, making my notes usually I say on page 156 I'm going to read this part da, 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 and I'm like well fuck I'm not going to be able to find it <laughs> and it's fine but um, there's so many like just the farm company goes on the middle floor and never knows who we are we run cellos clinical trials under the guise of drug trials participants don't know what's up but authority and our farm employees don't 
We'll use nurses individually screened for their inability to understand molecular biology and dazzle them with just that. Our toughest security challenge is to find an MD and a bio-PhD we can trust who do know what's up and won't breach top security protocol. They don't get to meet us either. Like this whole paragraph, I'm like, this is a whole setup. That like I, I feel like there's been movies and a lot of times the movies are about like drugs or Wolf of Wall Street or something where they walk you through how they set up the shell company. Do you know the thing uh-huh. I'm talking about? Basically, we bought 10,000 square feet of office space that nobody ever went to on this block because of the tax breaks. Then we set up a line yeah. that went to India and they explain how they and do the scan. that's an important skill for I think today more and more as if you're going to like, you know, make new things, you're going to have to like make that's just like something that you're going to have to like be good at. And so that's something I've also tried to learn over time. And like, I've gotten to be part of like starting this like self-driving car company. I came in as like number 20 or something. And there's like probably like a hundred people now and got to like, at least be like some part, like as a designer there, like in shaping the company and watching it be built and help build it, and, you know, do interviews and all that right. kind of stuff. But this is the building of like, the the shadow around a company, right? So the company is Celos and it's doing this thing. Uh-huh. And then this building with all the people that don't know what's going on is is understanding like that some people are building. That's the companies getting together. Yes, yes. That's them going like, well, what we're really doing is this. Mm-hmm. But what the world needs to think we're doing is this other thing. Yeah, because like if they fun. knew what we were doing, yeah, it's like the... It's sneaky. Yeah, it's sneaky. The hedge fund, I believe the bottom floor is the pharmacy, and they're all just... uh, Yeah, it's fascinating. Okay, so we want to talk about Velvet Pelvis. Okay, so there's... Suddenly, we've switched to Antarctica, and we're on... This guy just got dumped, and now he's, he's talking to a guy who's a pilot. And this whole exchange of, like, there's a guy in Antarctica, and now he's talking to a pilot. And the pilot's like, I don't need anything from you except to go to the Velvet Pelvis and get over your ex. And it's like this aggressive psycho spa where, where all sorts of... You're locked in, and there's drug-fueled insanity so that you can get over your ex. But somehow, then they're on a boat. How does that leap made? And what is, gra- is it Gracie? Gracie? Yeah. Uh, Gracie How is that is leap not- made? Gracie, and what does Gracie do? Gracie is an artificial creative intelligence. And so um, the guy who had gotten kicked out of his Antarctic habitat because it was like too tight quarters, like uh, he caught a ride to Tierra del Fuego, right? And he went to this, you know, uh, drugs and hooker sort of rehabilitation story center or something. Yes. That is extremely questionable. And they got, you know, attacked by gorillas, but they were fine. And then, so some people <laughs> who met in there, uh, the guy who got kicked out of his Antarctic habitat met some other people. And he had been developing this artificial intelligence uh, that has some really interesting properties such that it's like it's an acronym right uh, yeah it was grid artificial creative intelligence Gracie was its name 
And so basically, so they hook it up to this sailboat. Like a few of them, they get together. There's people. They just met. They met in this center. Okay. They were all getting over their exes or whatever in this psycho place. Sure. See, this seems totally plausible. You go. I feel like a torturous place to get over your ex probably exists. That's within the realm of possibility. I feel like you could meet someone there. Who had a boat that was attached to an artificial like intelligence three of them source? Maybe who get together three or four of them. There's yeah, three, right? And then, but Gracie like learns to control this like sailboat. She kind of like grants that sentience a little too, isn't it? It's it be- it's a definitely a it's just a mind of its own. Yeah, totally. Because it becomes dolphin. At some point, Gracie leaves the boat, and the, and the story starts referring to the boat as dolphin. It's the size of a toilet tank. Right. And it's his like research project that like it's the thing he's developing and they just go on this adventure, they go sail to Florida. Right. So this is in within the story still of Selos being introduced to society. Yeah, in That's just a side yeah. plot. No, there's a lot of things happening. It's like a twenty thirty three uh, like where's the fastest advancement scan? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost like one of the things you said to me, uh, Valdez, and this is outside of the, the book discussion, is that like technology has advanced so far, we don't realize how far past us it actually is. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of like what your story is. It's just we don't have time to adapt to the changes because they're just coming so yeah. fucking quick. And the culture will never catch up. And yeah. it, it's like, no. you know, we're still cavemen and we're using, you know, I just what lost, we can do. I just lost Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I am. Well, we'll just never right. catch up. My computer just turned now, off like. for no reason. And I, I don't know why. I'm not even going to try to figure out. So that's the level of, like, I'm at that level of technology and I'm aware that there's 10,000 levels past that that I'm not going to understand, right? Like, I'm going to be that person who's just being run by the robots, I think. Having fun. So wait, no, Facebook failed right now, but we're recording. And That's then, true. Well, is that, will that be up? Okay. No, we're recording. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's this, that was just something yeah. else. Redundancy is really important. If not, we'll <laughs> still remember it. Bi- but like biology is like, extremely redundant and anyway <laughs> one of the things I liked about um, Gracie uh, can, can you give me the acronym again uh, grid artificial creative intelligence okay um, she throughout the story you know she's learning she's exploring you know they, they don't really give her any predefined limits it's just whatever they connect her to she starts to learn um, and once she breaks away from the dolphin, she reaches out to it using the same kind of similar ping system that the Celos is. Like, here I am, I'm in Manhattan, I'm a boat, where are you? You know, and then it's like, I'm a dolphin, I'm in the Mediterranean, you know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But they start, they, they teach themselves to communicate using bank transactions. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, yeah, just like accounts that have like free like trial things, wherever they can like find a penny here or there, like by some algorithm or combination of some random service promotion or something online, they would just use those as a means of communication. These two artificial intelligences, the one that was on the boat and then the one that was in the tower in Manhattan. And that's how they learned to talk to each other. It was through like penny transactions. I I got just like a... That they could get for free. It seemed like, you know, they were both excited to learn from one another. And I just got this picture of 
you know, because they didn't really explain exactly how they're doing it. We don't know. They're they're beyond our comprehension. But we know that they're using like pennies, like you say. And there's only and, two of them at this point. Yeah, two of them at this point. And I can just see one of them like excitedly depositing like you know 100 pennies in some account to. You know, flag the other. I just I can't even comprehend the, how they're communicating, but I like the concept of them using like our money as a language. Yeah. Oh shit, Ooh, yeah. that's so weird. Ooh, yeah. Well, you know, I kept so I'm a big Battlestar Galactica fan. I've probably uh-huh. talked about it too much on this show. Um, Watch them all. Huh? Watch them all. What'd you say? Watch them all. Watch them all, of course. So, and at some point, you start going, well. What's the difference between the Cylons and the humans? You know, like, they're people and, like, they like or hate or kill or they don't know who they are. They discover themselves late at life. You know, like, what's the difference? You know, and then you start. And then as I'm reading a book like this, I'm like, well, well plants know what to do. And mushrooms communicate with people and the earth and trees and trees communicate with bees. So, like, why wouldn't technology communicate with my Money, which communicates with like tissue in my kneecap or something. Like, why would that be such a huge job? Yeah, my you know? stomach's directly connected to my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how to do it. It's just it's there. Those you th- get hungry and your bank just goes down. Is that what happens? I have no idea. That's serious. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, we got a deficiency of potassium. Make them buy bananas. <laughs> Make them buy bananas right now. Well, the, the, well what, what thing... It's really weird because there's a lot of ideas in there that are dangerously marketable. Uh-huh. If you can inject yourself with something, right? And the idea of like protecting, like there's a whole scene of like, I'm going to stay up all night brainstorming the idea of what is the like lipid bilayer that protects this technology from someone else who wants to do something nefarious with it. And staying up all night trying to figure out do you know what I'm talking about yeah and that, it was part of the fun part of like what you know okay how would you have a security scheme so that only you could modify things in your own body and you it would be harder to do to like essential like heart and lungs than it would be to like maybe like the skin on your fingers or something yeah like uh, you know and so like figuring out all those schemes to make it not just loading uh, could- a program on your body that uh, makes it so you don't have to breathe but where does it load? It probably should only load like in your feet or something. Yeah. And and also the things like the way your sweat reacts to it and how you can direct things with your eyes. We didn't even talk about the contact lenses or nuclear war. We haven't even covered any of that yet. But here's the news is that we have to give one final comment each because we've got to wrap up. It goes too fast. I'm really sorry. We can keep it going, actually. I mean, like outside on my cell phone or something. We can go next door and just keep talking and recording as long as you guys want to. Um, Should but, we describe some more of the like the vivids? Well, we just have we just have like this much time. Okay. So we have to pick something to wrap up with. I've got a quote. Okay, pick a quote. Ashley, give us a quote, um, and then we've got to start. It's mainly because we've got to do all the cleaning up and everything because of the, the thing. This, this yeah. just reminds me of Valdez because he himself has, has kind of inspired me to build a lot of crazy things, and Val, Valdez is also just another you know, mad scientist who's building all kinds of his own contraptions. But it's don't ask God for what you want. Ask for daylight and make it yourself. I don't remember who said that. I should have wrote that down, but I it's really like the, that. Quote. It's what the mindset of the previous generation was. I think that's what it was, right? In the book, that's a quote from the book. Uh, yeah. One hundred percent focus, people. Rock solid. So, okay, 
I'm going to try to sum up, but I want you to jump in at any time. So you should read this book if you want, if you love for your brain to be stretched in different creative and scientific ways and you love sci-fi and you love kind of almost like conspiracy theory even i think people would love this i think people partiers burners for sure um i wrote this actually before i became a burner it was prophetic yeah. in that way yeah prophetic see i think it's not very far off but i think read it read it out loud have fun with it look forward to the many many screenplays that josh feldels is going to write and you don't need to understand everything. Just keep going through it. There's enough happening that you can sure. just pick up on a few. It's of them. entertaining. Let go. If you're like some sort of reading purist and you need don't fucking page numbers and chapters no, and shit, just roll with just it. You're just going. wandering through a play. It'll play- grow in your brain later. It's a don't playful it. minefield like of of ideas and take the imagery and yes, yes. Do. Give yourself time to read it because I think I read it twice fast. And I wish I would have read it. I'll read it once again slow so I can think about things for a longer we'll amount of time. Make an audiobook so you don't have to read it. Yes. Oh, my God. Well, I love reading. So, oh, my God, that went too fast. Um, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll keep recording more <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Thank you so much, Rayvon, for um, doing the board. Thank you for having me on. Thank you uh, so much been a for hanging. Thank you, Ashley, for jumping in, even though you weren't even 100% sure what you were getting into. That's all right. This Thanks for fun. wearing that party skirt because I love it so much. I'm wearing a rainbow kilt. It's amazing. Um, we'll get a picture of it. Thank you, Josh Valdez, for being my friend. <laughs> And for having so much fun in life and for writing this book that was so fun to read and you should get it. Um, People, you should get it. And prepare Um, yourself for a series of short stories. Short stories. There's some short stories coming out. So um, also call your congressman about uh, Breonna Taylor. Call your congressman about Michael Thompson. Um, (laughs) Look up ways to be active. Uh, smoke weed, wash your hands, wear your mask. Um, where can we get this book? Where can oh, we get Amazon. this book? Amazon. Amazon. Earth, Life, Big yeah, Brain every Project. Every time you order it, it goes straight to my PayPal. Bam. <laughs> I don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's already coming true, but we have to go. So what song do we want to go out with, you guys? Pick a song. I had any of the playlist. I just saw what you guys were posting. Yeah. He's up so, destruction. Yeah. Okay. All right. And thanks so much, Reeds and Weeds. Again, if you're listening from someplace um, where I've never been, like if you're that person in Spain or that person in Iraq or that person in whatever, in Topeka, call me or email me and let me know how you found us. I don't um, think we have that song. Uh, what have you got up there? I have Coza Frenzy. Cause yeah, a frenzy. Let's do that. That's it. That's it. I want to encourage Bust everyone to cause a frenzy. Put it in the studio. Put it in the nice. studio. Also, we made a playlist for this book with these three guys. Um, they all contributed songs, and it's such a good playlist. I listened to it today. I was just like, oh, shit. This is fun. So are you ready with that song, Raven? Cool. All right. So... Thanks for listening to Reads and Weeds. Get Earth Life Big Brain Project. Look it up and uh, let us know what you think. I think it should be a sci-fi miniseries. That's my two cents. All right. Bye.